Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, I guess good night, wherever you guys are listening this podcast from. Uh, welcome to A Man's World, previously known as a DCK Life. I just, feel, I just felt that a TCK Life was just too, I don't know, too on the nose, too mechanical. So I wanted to make this more personal. So I put my name in the title. It's a man's world. Uh, a TCK perspective. Anyways, um, to recap from last time, uh, we dropped off around 2010. Um, and then I quickly in like a minute or so went through my college or my undergrad, my postgrad studies and then stuff like that until 2017, until I came to India. I want to go in more depth in this podcast. So like to flush out my origin story or at least where I'm at right now. So picture this, uh, you know, you've been roaming around in various different countries and like high school is not too pleasing or it's not too nice uh, just because of X amount of reason people don't just gel up with you, Um, you get bullied at uh, or bullied on. Then uh, you rarely make any contact with any women, or like you have zero girlfriend prospects. Um, you're not really that hip or that cool in school. Um, and then you you get thrown into college in the U.S. You know you're really grateful, but you were kind of scared. Uh, you don't know how it's going to be like. You just keep thinking to yourself it's going to be like like how it was in high school. Like, oh, just, you know, a slog, you know, a dread. Okay, I have to get through this. This is, you know, we're in the trenches, you know. We have to keep moving forward. Keep eyes to the goal. The goal is being get graduated and get the fuck out of here. Right? So that's my mentality, what I was coming from when I graduated from International School of Yangon in Myanmar. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of, you know, to lean back on. But anyways, so like fall of 2010, I come in, I see the, like, uh, so I was considered as an international student. And I didn't know the college I was going to had this like extra week of like orientation for the international kids, which, you know, that was, you know, very thoughtful for them um, before the normal U.S. kids come in. Um, So that was nice. Uh, And I don't know where or how I just like found to be that my that was like my element. I, I 
fit in i like a glove i i i was there i was you know making jokes people were laughing people were having a good time women suddenly started to take an interest in me or at least from the group they didn't think i was just you know this side piece show clown show pony or i don't know they thought oh you know this guy's kind of funny he's he's engaging he's engaging the entire group um yeah so let's you know stick around with them so so there was a division so there was like the european international kids they liked to to party and you know all that jazz and uh i'm not such a party person or like i don't drink so so i just hung out with the asian international students which consisted of uh vietnamese japanese um korean a person from mongolia uh yeah i just felt that was my click at that point in time that i fit in there um so as as uh, the orientation went on like i got to learn that you know we have to you know apply for social security card or through the school and all that jazz it's all basic paperwork but i really liked it because it was the first time we got to meet like a person from another country or culture and that first initial reaction uh i feel like makes or breaks a relationship or you know a potential friendship whatever so yeah uh, that was pretty nice um then you know those uh, americans started to come in uh my my first roommate of college was an american his name of austin Bro- brody i think um shout out to him you know he was a really good roommate um i mean, i still remember i was like sleeping trying to adjust my um what do you say uh my i'm just forgetting the word uh my 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 sleep cycles to the us there's a word for that I forget anyways so yeah i was sleeping until like 11 and then his family just showed up to my room and they go oh my god what's this what's happening here and then they're like oh hey you must be a mom we're austin's mom and dad and and his brother came in and I'm like at half asleep. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so yeah, this is the room. There's uh, your bed, and this is your stuff. I put my stuff around here. Hope that's okay. And then he's like, yeah, that's fine. And they're they're really nice, um, very cordial, and you know, they, as isn't like they wanted to make a, I guess, you know, some kind of relationship with me because I'm their son's roommate. Anyways, but like I had to. cut the meeting short because i had to go somewhere but yeah i remember that that was nice um so in the first few weeks uh, as class started on I was like whoa man 
college is not a joke. It's it's not like American Pie or you know other college Hollywood college movies. Like they barely do any studying. It's always just like parties and gossip and all that jazz. But there's a very huge chunk. Like I would say eighty percent of college is like studying and getting grades, good grades and doing the assignments and all that jazz so that was a huge huge culture shock even though i knew that i was going into college to do a learn to you know to make a you know uh, hopefully to make a living out of that experience that i learned along the way yeah so it, it was at points where like for the first time i felt like i want to hang out with people because I felt so at home, so at ease, like this is where I belong. This is, yes, this is, this is me right now. Um, so that that happened, and uh, yeah, but then like studies got in the way. It's like no, you have to finish this eight-page paper, or you have to, you know, write that, like, you have to write that uh, summary or that event you went to. Uh, you know, like, so every class almost had, like, an outside component. So, like, after a class said, oh, you have to go to this, you know, lecture. And then you have to write at least, like, a one-page paper or two-pages paper on it. And then you're like, fuck, man. It's like, there's no just going to it just just because of the sheer fun of it. Um, and also, one thing I learned throughout my you know, college days was like, you don't read, you, you skim, and you skim and you, you try to find just of the information, you know, um, you, you don't like, like you do reading for like your no normal novel stuff or, uh, you know, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, what have you or whatnot. In college, it's like, okay, what's this sentence trying to say? Okay, it's information. Okay, how does this uh, information fit in with this another paragraph? Okay, so this is what it's saying. And it's like, okay, you just filter out the things you don't need. Um, which I feel like I got good at, but also then I feel like, you know, there's, there's a way of, uh, appreciating the author or the writer's, you know, lexicon of how he or she wrote the stuff, and that's somewhere missing along the lines. Anyway, so that jazz was getting up. Um, yeah, all of a sudden I started feeling, you know, a bit, a bit like lonely. Like, where do I fit in? Like, after two months, three months in. And, uh, uh, like, big part of my older brother's uh, upbringing was, like, for me, this was a big deal because um, my brother just committed suicide the winter break before he was supposed to go off to college. So he never got that chance, right? So for me, I always followed in my brother's footsteps. I mean, you know, whether that be good or bad, but I felt that 
wow, okay, I've come a long way. I've come further than my brother. And how does this tie in? Like, what do I do now? I don't have any manual. I don't have, what's the, who do I follow, right? Um, yeah, so that was a huge existential kind of ordeal that I was going through. I also kind of felt guilty that I, I got to go to college, but my brother didn't. I remember that being a thing. So the good thing about colleges in the U.S. is like the therapy, if you do decide to take it as a student, is uh, free so you don't really need to pay anything and then you know you can just talk out talk to them and the therapist i got was she was so nice so brilliant and uh i really liked our our sessions um yeah so she helped me put me at more ease at the place like every session I felt it was like, okay, it's like, you know, you're just emptying yourself out of like whatever emotions you have going inside of you. And like, you know, you're, you're trying to like lift yourself back up. And um, so there's that going on there. Um, uh, and then I guess this is also a huge part, like girls in college. Um, initially, I was into this one girl. Uh, I won't name her name, uh, but let's just change it. Uh, change her name just for the sake of you know uh, privacy and all that kind of jazz. So let's name her. Lillian, right? So the thing is, Lillian um, was extremely hot, and she was like a, a class older than mine. And I was like, "Wow, she's, you know, like, oh, you know." So I don't know. Like ever since I was a little kid, I was always like awestruck by women's beauty especially if they had like a very symmetrical face or and if they had like you know that hourglass body i know this is super sexist and all that kind of thing but it is what it is you know like that's it's like even not i don't even think of like whoa she's hot like whoa like you want to talk to her you want to be around her and so yeah um I could, you could say that was my first crush. She was my first crush. Uh, and I I had I never had a girlfriend before. I never knew how these things work or anything. So I just like told every all like all my friends, like, yeah, yeah, I I, I really like this Lillian girl. Then like out of um uh, out of like all these uh, friends that I had, like uh, there was this one Japanese girl again. I'll I'm changing the name. Uh, let's say Erica. Yeah, Erica. She, you know, we got close. 
for I don't know. We were really good friends. Um, and then like uh, she, she said, "Hey, I think I like you, but you know, I'll help you get, uh, you know, with Lillian." But then as soon as I realized that she liked me, I was like, "Wait, wait a second, wait a minute." Like Erica is also very like she's not like hot hot or she was you know but she was pretty and like beautiful and like it's the chemistry that we had with each other was nice um yeah so I just like felt like because Lillian like she knew she was hot and like um that many guys. were around her and I was like I don't know maybe this is another pipe dream so you know let's go for the low bearing fruit which is uh, Erica so I you know decided to ask her out and <sighs> long story short you know after a lot of talks she's like yeah let's let's be boyfriend girlfriend and yeah and, So yeah, that first semester of college was very peachy. Like, oh my god, like I fit in. This is this is exact. I actually remember looking at the sky and thinking to myself, "Wow, this is exactly where I need to be." I have a really robust social circle, like friends. Um, I could at that point in time, I considered them as family. Because that was our support system, like away from home. Um, I had a girlfriend for the very first time. Like I, thought, like as a very social person, that was like that was like the best it could get. I thought to myself, um, yeah. So you know, then like for the after that first semester, I think it just went. In a different direction, my college trajectory. Uh, the th- thing is, uh, Erica was only for she was an exchange student for a year, and uh, she was gonna go back at the end of the year, and uh, and that was my fir- freshman year of college. So I, t- I told her like, "Hey, uh, my parents recently moved to Denmark. Like, you know, you could you could hang out with us for a bit in the su- over the summer." And then she's like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, that'd be cool." And so she actually made it, made that trip during that summer of 2011. Um, yeah. Anyways, I lost my virginity to Erica. I thought she was the love of my life. Um, but you know, there were things like I don't know, there were things that didn't like. She was like very possessive, but I just thought that that was like her way of showing love. Uh, I didn't know any better. Um, I felt that, yeah, like I remember at times like I wanted to play some like video games like after school or after like my classes with my dorm mates, and then she's like, you know that I am only here for a year. It's like you should spend as much as time as possible with me, and I'm like, oh, at that point in time, I caved in because I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. 
But then I also felt like that's like so much overpower, overreach. You know, it's like all the free time is just basically with her, right? Um, and there's bound to be friction at some point. Like this is like in hindsight. Anyway, so those things started escalating, and you know, I did some things, she did some things. Um, so after she came to Denmark, uh, she put, she stayed with me and my parents. Uh, you know, there were no sexualities between us, but. Uh, yeah, because of my parents and, you know, that, you know, it just felt weird. But, yeah, but she didn't, Erica didn't gel up with, well with my parents or my parents had, like, other expectations of her as, like, they were seeing her, maybe she could be, like, the Lord, future daughter-in-law of the family, right? Um, and uh, she was just, you know, she, I I guess my mom said like she was just not, you know, cut for it, and like she kept on telling me like you have a chance to get out of this, you don't have to stay with her. And I yeah, that kept ringing, and that towards the end of summer, like when she went back to U.S., and I'm like, okay, finally, and then like there were some things that I'm not proud of that I did. Uh, so like back in the well, back in the second semester, like while we were having sex, I felt like really guilty, right? I felt like, oh my god, like I'm having sex, and I'm, I come from like a very, at least my my father is a very conservative man, even though he traveled around the world. Like his beliefs is very conservative. He says like, okay, never. You know, never, never like have sex before marriage, but I did, I did. So I was wrestling with myself with that, and I don't know. Maybe this is justification, or maybe this is just how guys think, or maybe this is just on me. Um, but like things is like I started to, you know, my mind started to wander off to like other women while we were having sex. And one of those women was Lillian. And for the love of me, I don't know why. Like, I felt, I was I was feeling very vulnerable at that point. And right after sex, I told, you know, Erica about this. And rightly so, you know, like, she's like, yeah, let's break up, you know. I don't, you know, I don't know, we, we took a pause. And this is before, like, you know, she already had booked her flight to Denmark to come see my parents and all that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing I can, like, how do you, how do you, you know, you can't do anything but own up to it, right? Like once, if you, she even told me like, why did you say that to me? Like, you don't have to say this to me. I, I still don't know what my mindset was at that time. And I, I was feeling very comfortable with it. I came into the mindset of like, why are these women coming to me? Like, I feel very conflicted. Like, I want to be with you physically and emotionally and, you know, all that while we're having this intimate moment. <sighs> but, you know, in hindsight, if it was a thing that I should have kept it to myself, or at least 
not um, told her in that way. I don't know. Uh, so that happened. Uh, so fast forward to Denmark. And then, like, when she went back to the, to Japan, like, out of the blue, she just said, you know, I don't think, like, uh, you know, like, you'll ever stop. You know, you just used my body and, you know, like, for sex. You know, you, it was not me that you, you know, you wanted to be with and you were, you know, thinking about building. That kind of angered me. I'm like, you know... Fine, if it, if that is like, just don't contact me and then let's call it off. So we called it off. Um, we tried to stay friends, but we couldn't. So when I went into second year, when I went to sophomore year of college, I found out that you know she's had slept with somebody like from her friend circle. She was emotional one night, and then. After that, I just, you know, say, okay, this is just getting toxic, and I just blocked her. Yeah. So that was the end of, end of uh, Erica for me, anyways. Other than Erica, like, I really enjoyed the food at college. Like, I felt like it was nice. It was oily, they had pizza, all that jazz. Like, that newness I really enjoyed. Like, oh, wow, new country, new friends, new environment. I guess that honeymoon phase I really enjoyed. Yeah, of college, of that first year. And then second year, like, coming in, it was just, like, it was a very damp second year of college. So, like, my roommate, who also went through a breakup during his summer, which I didn't know, uh, you know, so we're like, okay, we're going to do this. And, like, but we were both, you could say, depressed or low or just, like, out of it for most of that first semester of sophomore year. And we just tried to go to class he even tried to commit suicide, which, you know, I had no idea of. I was like, it was like, oh, at one point, I was just sleeping. I came back from class and I was just sleeping just to, um, you know, because I don't know, like I was just tired from class. And then next thing I wake up, I see like police campus security. Like, I'm like, what? And then I got to know from his friends that, yeah, you know, uh, one of our mutual friends, Kohei Ando, um, you know, credit to him, like full credit to him. Like, so he, my, my roommate said, hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to chug this ibuprofen and like, you know, I don't feel like, you know, this is good anymore or I don't feel happy. And then Kohan was like, yeah, okay. And then he just called on this campus security. And I'm like, wow, that's something I would have done. But, but I, like, I had no idea. I was just like, so out of it. I was, you know, I was in. And then 
there was a girl who who liked my roommate at the time and she was you know rightly so very hysterical and like very like what happened to him what happened is he okay like where is he now i'm like yeah he's okay he's at a hospital and yeah they're going to keep him under observation for a bit and uh yeah so that was freaking very scary nonetheless um you know that happened and another thing that happened was uh the group the core group that i used to hang out with in freshman year like just dissing disintegrated like they one of the guys just left and he just didn't like eat with us anymore um like the chinese people just sat with other chinese people and they uh vietnamese people sometimes invited me out but they also stuck to their own um nationality so i was like okay fine like I'm always a person of like or at least I try to be a person of like diversity and you know inclusion bring new people in that's what I liked about that group but then 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 they're, they're like no let's filter these new people from not from our country and I'm like okay I'm also gonna you know make try to make new friends while I'm going through a really shitty breakup and uh first time i'm experiencing those feelings i never like no one tells you like you know once you get into a relationship chances are you will you know break up at the end even though you want you don't want that but you know chances are that will happen and it's okay to feel those feelings to acknowledge it's not that you know people don't love you it just it just shit didn't work out Yeah, so there was that. I I still don't know how I went to class and how I went back and did all the assignments. You know, got decent grades. Um yeah. <laughs> Then there was a girl I was really into, but turns out she didn't want anything of me. Uh So the several line of that year was like the application to go to Mexico in junior year. I was like I need to get a little bit break from uh, my college and like the single same people like I need I need that kind of impetus, you know, like so um people yeah so I applied through this BCA study abroad program and you know I got in and i was so happy to just change this scenario change the setting you know change the conversation so that's my sophomore in a, you know in a flash um a lot of pain a lot of dread a lot of heartache a lot of growing also but yeah it was interesting um a lot of video games too a lot i played a lot of fifa with my friend uh that happened so i went to mexico in veracruz jalapa 
So this is the first time I've been back to Mexico since 2006. And I was like, you know, I was like excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to experience the same feelings. You got to remember, like, Mexico was that one place for me where I felt very connected. Um, it was where I hit puberty, you know, <laughs> where first first time I saw boobs digitally. <laughs> um it was, you know, uh, it was one of those, like, few instances where life gives you, like, a lot of news, like, new experiences, new friends, all that stuff, and and then I enjoyed that. Um, so I was hoping to recapture some of that, uh, some of that magic, some of that, you know, positive vibes, you know, going into Mexico. Um, yeah. So, but it was, so in Calapa, Calapa is like a very small city, right? It's like, yeah, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's very small. Like, you know, you could like walk around the city and like in 45 minutes, it's, it's a very small city. Um, you know, and it's like the university, it's his biggest thing and like it's most bustling thing. So, um, like that, that was that. Like, so the first semester, I, I, I was hoping for like that kind of environment of, you know, like in dorm rooms, how like if you're like not asleep by two, you can just like go into somebody's dorm and say, hey, what's up, guys? Like, how's it going? Or like you could, like you can have a lot of impromptu plans. There's a lot of spont spontaneity there. Um, but in this uh, program, I was placed under with a Mexican family who cooked vegetarian meals for me. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's also an experience. So we spoke only in uh, Spanish and never in English. Um, the daughter who was taking uh, taking care of me, she understood English, but like you know, she had some he uh, you know hesitations into speaking Spanish uh, and speaking English. Sorry. Anyway, so. I, I believe uh, I established a very strong connection with that daughter. You know, we shared personal stories, personal hardships. Uh, that's, what, that's what I feel like, you know, it's, you know, if you want to be close with somebody, you got to listen to their shit. And the shit I mean is like, if you listen to their, uh, how they speak, what stories do they tell? Um, you have to make them believe that, you know, you are really invested in, the, in them and you want to see them exceed in life. You want to see the best out of them and you're rooting for them. And, uh, yeah, those people, you know, then, you know, it's very hard for them to not to take a notice at you. Um, yeah, so that happened. Um and classes were different too. Classes were taught in Spanish. Like, so along with Spanish as my major, I also took sociology, sociology as a minor. 
and I took one class called Construcción de las Identidades, which is uh, construction of identities. And I had no clue what the professor was saying throughout the semester. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? It's not that like Spanish, uh, I didn't understand Spanish. It's just like the teaching styles are so different. It was just like, like the professor comes in, okay, the class starts and he just starts saying things like, okay, so you have this and this and that. And, but then it goes like this and, and like, it's 8 a.m. in the morning. And then like, you barely got up and then you're like, oh, come on, come on, make it a little interesting. <sighs> there were quite a few classes that was like that. That was the case. There was another class called, I think it was something along the lines of like the history of South America or something like that. The concept was cool, like how the U.S. kind of fucked up the entire Latin America region. And like, you know, most of the poverty is due to the U.S. because U.S. was scared of, um, you know, having a communist uh, in communist government in the like I guess background or so close to them yeah so that happened and, but the, the the themes were very interesting but the teacher was so boring it was it was a teacher came in with a you know powerpoint presentation and then this happened and then this happened and then what happened after this and then this happened i'm like oh my god you're not engaging with the students but like no one questioned it no they just took it so like okay i i didn't really do too well like on the first test on that but yeah um anyway so that happened I got close with the Mexican family I was staying with. Um, then, oh yeah, another part of, I don't know, this is like a little, yeah, I also experienced hemorrhoids, you know, <laughs> which I thought like, why is this happening to me? Like, I thought it was like a serious disease and all that. Like, I, I felt really guilty about it. People were saying that, you know, you just don't drink a lot of water or something. I'm like, I do, I do, I don't know. I don't know, that was such a big, I just remember that being a really big part of my experience in Mexico, having hemorrhoids. <laughs> um, and and credit to my host, uh, you know, host mom, like she was very, you know, endearing and said, okay, I can make you this. It'll, you know, help you reduce the hemorrhoids or, you know, but yeah. That was a huge part. Um, other stuff. Yeah, I, I felt more at ease in Mexico uh, the second semester, not the first semester. Like, second semester, I got to know the ins and outs. Like, okay, this is how you hang out. Like, you actually have to, like, plan ahead of schedule. You cannot just show up at somebody's door and say, hey, let's hang out. And then I found a I found a buddy who Mexican friend who also liked Yu-Gi-Oh. And then like I'm big, 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 big Yu-Gi-Oh fan. Like uh, 
for for uh, those of you listening who don't know Yu-Gi-Oh, it's you're missing out, and it's like this card trading game uh, about monsters and duels, specials. Um, it's also a card game, and uh, he took me to one of these uh, official Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. In Mexico, which I was like, wow, I was blown away by that. So, like, I play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh in second semester of Mexico. Uh, I've, like, we spoke in Spanish, so like, it wasn't. I was not practicing my Spanish or anything like that. But it was nice, nice nonetheless. Um, yeah. Other than that, it was it was nice. I wouldn't say. Mexico, I got to recapture that feeling that I had when I was in my, when I was a teenager or when I just entered my teen years. But like, um, it was another magic in its own right. Like, that's another thing I realized. Like, once you go back to a place that you came from, don't expect that place to be the same. Like, you have to look at it in a new light with a new perspective and new set of eyes. If you look, if you're trying to find that feeling that, you know, you had a long time ago, then you're going to have a bad time, you know, because you're denying that feeling that you are having right now. And then for you, you know, that feeling of you, what you want. That's my advice to anybody who, you know, goes, or tries to recapture that moment. I guess like that's why you know you shouldn't go back to your ex. You know. Anyways, but that's besides the point. So senior year, I come to college and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go guns blazing, and right. So again, I have my own. Like, there's new people, new international students, new people. I like gel in really well. I. Uh, I'm, I'm a president of the international club. Um, I really enjoy the position. Uh, I love, you know, just hanging out with my friends. I finally got the hang of how to like balance out college and like studies. So like my grades are also improving, you know, for the first time, I think I had a 3.0 in like a semester, which like never happened. Um, yeah, then second, so the last semester of college, I'm like in February or March and like one of my friends say, Hey, uh, just so you know, uh, Erica is coming back to, you know, to the college just to see her friends. And that guy fucking shook me. That shook me to my core. I was like, oh my god, why? <laughs> why? And that, like, that, you know, I still remember me being anxious for, like, for, like, being, for the rest of the semester, basically. I, I would go to sleep anxious. I would wake up anxious. Because, like, I, I did not know what to do. Like, my brain couldn't fathom something like you know 
usually your brain can say, okay, you can just go that route or you can do it in that route. <clears throat> but uh, this time I didn't know what to do. It's like she was, she was, you know, coming and I was like feeling very scared. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like a part of me wanted to, wanted to meet her and see how much she's grown up or whatnot. And part of me is like, I have nothing to do with her. <laughs> Please stay away from me. So what I ended up doing, and, you know, maybe I'm a worm or I'm a coward for this. What I ended up doing was I, when she came, I went to see my other friend in Philadelphia who I didn't see from, like, since high school. So that's what I ended up doing. But those three months of, like, just trying to, like, sit with that anxiety, sit with that, like, oh, she's coming, oh, she's coming, oh, she's coming. I'm going to feel like shit again. I'm going to feel like shit again. I'm going to feel like shit again. Yeah, that was that was torturing myself. I don't know why. I don't know. So that happened. And then, like, I got the chance to get into grad school, you know. So I went to Vermont, also in the U.S. Um, school, uh, school of International Training is where I went in an intercultural studies program. So, yeah, like, again, it was like the grad school was just focused on the grad people. Like, there was no undergrad students there. It was just grad students. So I was like, that's cool. They focus on us mostly. So the way it was set up was like the first year you could, you could, um, you have to stay on campus and take the classes and the theories and all that stuff. But the second year you can just, you know, go off campus. You, you have to find a job and like, or a practicum or something. And, uh, you know, you're still enrolled with the college or with the school, but like, it's more about like job and like more practicalities into it. So the first first year was a bit of a roller coaster because again that honeymoon phase I was so happy. Oh yeah, these these people are cool, hip. But then I got to know because our grad school was on the top of a hill, and like to go down, especially in winter. Like, you need a car or you need this shuttle, excuse me. You need the shuttle or the school shuttle to, like, you know, go into town to run groceries or whatnot. And then or else you're just stuck in that hill with those people. And, like, I just found out, like, um, you know, people just started to get into each other's nerves and like their factions, there's bullying, there was intimidation, all that that kind of jazz. Um, I was shaken up because um, one of my, I guess, good friends that I thought was just a friend. Then I, I, you know, I went closer. I, I, I guess I became more intimate intentionally because I didn't want to feel alone but she ended up really liking me or that's what I felt like and 
And then this was just before the winter break. And I was like, oh, I need, I need to, I need to man up and tell her like, hey, I don't really like you like that. And, but like, it's again, I was like, oh my gosh, should I say it to her? Should I not say it to her? It's just, okay, I won't do anything. And guys or girls, like, if you're ever in a situation like, you know, that someone's liking you and, and you are like, I, I don't feel the same way. This is way too deep. Just, just tell them, just tell them it's, it's better for all parties involved. Just tell them like, Hey, I don't like you. Like, uh, you know, this is just, I'm just seeking for a friendship. There's nothing more. Um, then just being quiet and accepting that just because, you know, you, you don't want to be lonely. That's just bad. So that happened. Um, but she, due to health reasons, she didn't come back to college. So that also, you know, I was like, oh, man. I, uh, it was like also a hangover, like, oh, my ex or Erica coming back to school was like, oh, the second semester you know, I have to see her face and all that kind of jazz. But turns out she didn't come because of health reasons, which, you know, shit happens, you know. But but I was so shaken up with my indecision that that became, like, that semester was, like, a very emotionally unstable for me. Uh, I also realized, like, if somebody likes me, I have a very hard time rejecting them. Um, yeah, I'll just stay mum or I'll just like accept it. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to work better at it. Um, so that was my first year of grad school. And then I went off to Mauritius because I was missing my family a lot. Um, yeah. And this is like around 2016. So from my parents' perspective, they moved to Denmark in 2010, and then they moved out of Denmark in 2014, and then they moved to Mauritius in 2014. Um, so I I joined them in 2016 uh, to more in Mauritius, and uh, I got a job in. Uh, in a air in um in like Air Mauritius communications department. And I was like, what do I do here? I don't know. But like, I I felt that like, oh, I know, I am ready to take on the world. This is my cup of tea. I can do this. I come to the U.S. You guys got nothing. But then I realized I'm just an intern. Like they don't really need me. One or two times that they required of me was to make a summary, which I didn't do too well. I, I'm not really good of a writer. Uh, so I don't know why they put me there. Anyways, after like, you know, my my internship was done with them, I joined the hotel industry just because it was, all, you know, it was, the, it was the hospitality at that time in 2016 uh, was like the peak sorry to, uh, yeah i enjoyed the yeah 2016 was like the peak you know gdp contributed to mauritius so i was like i wanted to see what what industries is like what is this 
and I started working the front office, and I'm like, oh my god. Especially, I won't name the resort I worked in the first time I worked at a resort there. It was um, because of, you know, but it was just a shit show. <laughs> like, they were more interested in just making a buck rather than quality. Um, so they, they, they would overbook, and then there were, like, people coming in, and it was on us to front office workers to like get that rage or get that anger um you know to dispel that kind of anger like but it wasn't you know it should have been the upper management why are they book why were they booking you know rooms if there weren't any rooms i don't know uh just because that the service was also pretty shitty because sometimes like on like an evening shift, you only have one person and he or she is taking care of like five families to get into their rooms. And you're like, oh my God. That's, so that went through. And then I switched over after my internship with them, I switched over to the Oberoi. And that's like top of the line resort. You know, what you see in the Google images. Um, Really peaceful and calm. Uh, 500 euros per night. Cheapest room. Um, yeah. I learned a little stuff about that. Like, you know, be calm. How to adjust guests and all that. So, slowly, I I made some friends there. I made some friends there. And, you know, we hung out. We watched movies. Um, before that, I didn't have any friends in Mauritius. I also felt that was a huge, like, I think I fell into depression again during when I came back from grad school. First of all, I just had a, such a emotionally torrid time in grad school. So I, I felt that I had PTSD, but then like, I didn't know where to go to. Um, so I just watched a lot of series. A lot. <laughs> That's what I just put myself through. And it was just so weird. Like, in Mauritius, it was like, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to, like, adjust to way of culture, but language is different. People aren't so friendly with you. Um, I don't know. It was just so many issues. I didn't fit well in Mauritius, and I'm not too proud to say that, but yeah, I didn't. I wish I had, but I didn't. Um, so I did my thesis in the December of uh, 2016, presented it. Before that, I went to Germany with my good friend. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, you know, come around the time of 2017, um, I I start to think about what should I do as a future. Like, you know, so at the back of my mind, I always had this notion of like, I am going to um, go to like, I want to do what my dad does, which is like the foreign service, and like, you know, trying to enroll in that. So. 
little did I know when I came into India in 2017, it's like such a big thing. Like every, so like it's called UPSC or Union Public Service Commission. So it's basically like a roster of like, if you qualify in like, say thousand seats, uh, based on your rank, you can go to different government departments or ministries. And the top tier goes to like the foreign service, uh, the administrative service, or the police service, or the revenue service, right? My eyes was only on the foreign service. Um, then it's like a lot of information you have to take in. So like there's subjects like geography, um, Indian um, uh, political science, um, uh, history, um, philosophy, you could say a little bit, um, public administration, to learn about the, like laws, all that kind of jazz. Anyways, and then on top of that, like you also have to keep up with the updates of the current affairs. That's how they tie up with the subjects. I, I did that for two years and I'm like, okay, this is not for me. And between those two years, I also fell in love and had a heartbreak again, <laughs> you know? Um, so like my dad suggested, okay, I need to do something else. So I went into uh, like this NGO, you know, ARSP, which dealt with like Indian diaspora issues around the world, which I was like, okay, sure. Something to do. Because I was staying at home, basically, from 2017 until, like, 2018, September-ish. Yeah. So I did that for six months, and I found this better opportunity at the think tank of the Ministry of External Affairs, which was called International Center for Migration, which I did from 2019 March till... Feb of 2020, yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, you know, to to that's like another podcast, like of like the Indian working mess. I feel like so maybe I'll put it out for another time because I think I'm running out of time now. Uh, but yeah, and that brings us to the pandemic era, <laughs> uh, you know, 2020, uh, 2020, Mar March of 2020 till now, basically, in India. Now, you know, talk about that in the next podcast. All right, uh, you know, I thank you for listening. This uh, it's and thank you for listening uh, to Aman's Worlds. ATCK perspective, and you know, I hope to keep you entertained. You know, next week for my next podcast. Thank you. Bye bye.